For the first time, I see where the fellowship might have gone. Instead of bearing east and under the misty mountains, through the long dark of Moria, southways run the hilly lands of Enidwyth. The vantage granted me here at the last of the elf ruins of Regian, just over the river Cyrenon, is just the thing after passing through the heavily treed, dry grasslands of Holland. It's a rich valley, fed by the snowmelt of the misty mountains to the left and the broad hills to the right. But within lies danger. This middle waste is home to hellhounds, demon goats, massive bulls, and multiple groups of Dunlendings caught precariously between the life they've always lived and a new one promised by a mysterious wizard abiding far to the south. There are craggy canyonways, high dwarf holes in the foothills of the mountains, a boggy red forest and barrow mounds. It's a land as diverse as it is beautiful. Lightning flashes on the horizon pointing the way to Dunland and Isengard beyond. It is the start of the next great story of Middle-earth, the beginnings of the tale of the Rohirrim and of Saruman here at the cusp of the War of the Ring. It's a big place, and I'm starting to think I might need some help tackling it. It's Enidwyth, and you are listening to Beneath Your Feet. It's one of those weird zones. So they they pop that zone in right before the Rise of Isengard expansion. Right. And that was kind of the end game zone for a few months. And it was interesting. When I said I needed help, I meant it. So I called in an expert. Sip is a blogger and podcaster, best known for his work at Massively.com and his blog BioBreak. He also works on the Too Long Didn't Listen podcast and set up the successful Newbie Blogger Initiative. He agreed to join me here in Enidwife and share his thoughts. You know, Enidwaith shares a lot with this neighbor, Aragian. Yeah. Uh, in its its kind of feel, and, you know, it's a continuation of the land there. You actually have to go through Aragian to get to Enidwaith the first time. Lotro has, along with many other games, obviously, have tried to have, like, a serious flow about it. Like, you start in Bree, and then you kind of go east into the Lone Lands, east into Rivendell, south to Aragian, east again into Moria, and then into Lothlorien, and then to Mirkwood. Enidwyth has kind of kind of threw off the path. I think. Oh, I, th- I think the the path has been a lot more convoluted than you just laid out there. But fortunately, Enidwyth has become kind of a part of the highway, part of the southern highway. We could say it starts in Oregon, goes south into Enidwyth, then south into Dunland. Then we're now going over into to Isengard, and then bizarrely all the <laughs> way back up to Lothlorien. Right. Then we're going south again. It's like, holy crap, poor Frodo and. And Sam, at least they didn't have to go through this <laughs> right. stuff to get. <laughs> Sorry, guys, we got to backtrack. We got to go back through Moria, and then we'll yeah. go back down the river. But what is it you like about this zone? Just once you finally get in there and find it, what is it you like most about it? One of the nice things of working for Massively is we sometimes get advanced previews mm-hmm. of these zones and get to do a little bit of a dev tour. So I actually remember doing the dev tour of Enidwaith before it came out, and I was kind of really impressed, like, the variety, the the um, mm-hmm. zone variety. So you've got your kind of your northern area, which is very traditional, kind of sparsely wooded, you know, pines and stuff like that. Yeah, kind of that transition from Oregon. Right. And that kind of goes, you know, straight down the middle. But if you go to the Thror's Coom, I always want to say tomb. <laughs> um, that's that's actually kind of uh, almost right up there in the Misty Mountains, so it's more of a uh, tundra 
aspect. Over in the Mornshaws, it's kind of a gloomy, not quite oppressive forest like Mirkwood, but it is definitely not a happy place. No, it almost feels like the Red Swamp in the Lonelands a little bit, except it's not a swamp. Yeah, yeah. Life in the Middle Waste is tough. If Tolkien had any concept of mob density, which he didn't, he might have named this place Kill Lots of Animals, or whatever the Cinderin equivalent is. Wolves seem to spring up from every bush, dun crows hide in the trees, and the further south you go, the more wargs and other nasties come to find you and eat you. But there is a lot more to this middle waste than just aggravating critters that don't seem to end. Once an adventurer passes through Fordyrith, all similarities with Aragian seem to fade, and immediately to the west one enters the Gloom Glens. Let's talk about the Gloom Glens for a second. Let's do. I think out of all the parts of this zone, that's probably the most interesting. I was really intrigued right away when uh, Turbine said, hey, we're going to be encountering kind of a lost tribe of hobbits. And we have not seen hobbit settlements in the game since, I think, the um, prior to Enidwaith, it was probably Evendim that had levels 30, a level 30 settlement. Yeah. And that's really just right off the Shire there. So apart from the Shire, Evendim, and Bree... Uh, there's no Hobbit settlements. It's just not part of the lore. So really, this is probably their last chance to get a Hobbit settlement in the game. And that one, they just kind of barely roped into the lore because th- this was kind of like the migratory route of the Hobbits as they kind of came over the mountains and went into Eriador. And so those are the uh, the store, store right. Hobbits, the kind of weird Hobbits. And you can't actually be upon a character creation. You can be a store. Uh, but I guess you found your way, whereas your your compatriots right. did not. Right, you're uh, kind of a s- storish by way of the Shire. So your your whatever your store blood kind of got tamed by the by the Shire over the years. You're not these weird boot wearing hobbits in the gloom glens. Yeah, the boots. The boots. Everybody's like, oh, the boots. You can't be a hobbit with boots. I love <laughs> my boots on my hobbit. The hobbits of the gloom glens call themselves stewers, so they are stewers in the purest sense. Once the hobbits we know and love made their way into the Breelands and later the Shire, they merged into various clans and families and identified themselves as such, not as Stoors or Falahides or what have you. This lost group of hobbits, secluded in a craggy corner of the Gloom Glens, is far removed from their brethren all the way to the west. So by the time you get to the, the village, you're all, you're all like pumped for it. And actually, I feel like it's a bit of a letdown. There's a, there's a couple quests in the village, mm-hmm. but you don't, I don't know, kind of go back. If you go back to the Shire, you go back to Bree, the, the hobbits there are really involved. I mean, you really get a, a sense of who they are, their kind of daily life. You get to go in some of the houses. You didn't really get that much with the Gloom Glens. Uh, you get a little bit of, of repeatable quests, and I guess you can earn a, uh, some board droppings if you... Yeah, you know, some store droppings if you, uh, you yeah, know, and want the boots. boots Don't forget, home. you get the muddy boots to put in your house. The muddy boots, I got those. Yep. But yeah, it definitely so doesn't feel as alive as the Shire did. It was just—it's a shame. Yeah. yeah. Which maybe I mean, you know, I always like because I'm just such a fanboy. I like to give them the benefit of the doubt and say, oh, maybe it was a design choice where these are just kind of like rundown backwater kind of hobbits, and there wouldn't be a lot to see anyway. But probably they just ran out of time <laughs> and right. couldn't design these like rundown hobbit holes. It's it's a very good zone as a whole to level through. I think um, mm-hmm. I had absolutely no problem. I, the epic storyline there is okay. Yeah, I'm not overly thrilled with it, especially all the runs to Thror's Coom. There's there is a uh, two reputation 
well, there's, there's the, a, the men of Enidwife, and then there's the Rangers. And the Gray right? Company, yeah. Yeah. Besides just being a beautiful piece of real estate, the reason why we are making our way through Enidwife lies with the Gray Company. This is a contingent of the Rangers of the North moving south to meet with their lord and chieftain Aragorn. The books only show the company's arrival after the Battle of Helm's Deep, 30 rangers all clad in gray accompanied by the sons of Elrond. Little is said of their passage south, but in the timeline of Lotro, things get really sticky. Far more than 30 make their way south, but only 30 will remain at the end. As you said with the epic story, it just is following the path of the rangers as they head south to try to meet up with Aragorn. So you got all these little ranger camps kind of strewn out all about the place, which serve as quest hubs, but also, like you said, repeatables. And every single one of them, like, wants their laundry done or needs to, you to go get them a latte or something. So they're... All right, let's talk about the Rangers. Let's do. They are a laughingstock of this game. I, <laughs> I, I know they're, like, revered and they're a huge part of the lore. And for, for, for its part, Turbine does a good job with them. But I feel like they're so heavily leaned on for this, the purposes of particularly the epic storyline. Yeah. And it's like they almost became a joke after a while because they're either always turning to you because they're not man enough to right. go take care of their own problem or they're dying like left and right i mean oh yeah i, I mean the end of volume one i mean i guess uh volume three as well it's just you're yeah. right it's like the left and right somebody some rangers getting killed i want i want let's challenge your, your listeners here somebody go through you know all the epic storylines and have a running tally of how <laughs> many rangers either get killed or turn to the dark side of the force uh for sauron or you know I don't know. I just so it's it's like it's so tragic. But after yeah. a while, like, the tragedy is uh, blunted by you're just like again. How many yeah. rangers do they have left? Like two. Enidwyth is a realm of mystery where wonders come to life. This is in large part because almost nothing is ever said of the region in Tolkien's work. All that we know of it comes long before the events of the War of the Ring. And they aren't even mentioned in the Lord of the Rings proper. In fact, the only time Enidwyth is mentioned in the Lord of the Rings is in the Tale of Years, when it was said to be flooded in the year 2912. The rest comes from the histories and unfinished tales, where the vast forests of Enidwyth fall prey to the Numenorians, always in constant need of timber for the building of their ships and structures. Much later, at the height of the Kingdom of Gondor, it was really a sort of borderland, not well populated but maintained with military garrisons. It was by then a grassland, as any remainder of the large forests were destroyed during the war between the elves and Sauron. After the Great Plague, however, any mark of the settlement of greater men fell away, and it was only populated by some Dunlandings and fisherfolk further west that we never see in the game. With that limited history in mind, Turbine could run freely with the design of the zone. Thus, we have segmented biomes that don't make a whole lot of sense geographically, we have spirits roaming about freely, we have the Great Huntsman, more on him later, and we also have the Old Woman of the Mountain. Oh, the Witch of the Mountain. I thought it was probably the most interesting character. I, th- but I, I thought it was kind of cool. Like, it's it's a weird character, and it's kind of a witch, but kind of not a witch, and it makes it's a character that I genuinely want to find out more about. Yeah, and that kind of leads us to the inevitable weirdness of Enidwyth because like you said there's there's the woman of the mountain who's got her own mystique about her but then you get once you get into Nan Liglin that main kind of plane there when you start running into those demon goats ah yes the demon goats yeah they came up some really cool uh, mobs for you to fight and the demon goats I forget Druggin Druggian yeah yeah something like that whatever they call are really odd and I thought were kind of cool but I don't 
I don't quite understand where they fit into the lore. I'm not. I'm probably not as huge into the the Lord of the Rings lore as some people are. So I don't always know like what really fits and what's Turbine's kind of creation. So I yeah. know that as a whole, if you're talking about lore, Enidwaith is a really b- big blank spot along with Dunland in Tolkien's actual writings. I mean, it, it is because um, whereas even with places like Forakel or Angmar or you know places where the fellowship doesn't go you still had something in the appendices to go on something with which to build Endwith and Dunland there's there's practically nothing there's a little bit about how the Dunlandings interact with the Rohirrim but Endwith you're you're right it's completely blank and so they kind of had to inject it with folklore yeah and it must have been nice for them to have that freedom yeah but at this uh, on the same token it's um it really got us away from the fellowship as a whole, right. and I think a lot of a lot of players were starting to feel very antsy about. You know, we really haven't seen the the fellowship much at all in this game. I mean, it, a couple points like Rivendell mm-hmm. and um, and Bree and uh, Lothlorien, we do encounter the the fellowship, but for the most part, like they're on the other side of the Misty Mountains, and we're yeah. over here dithering about. And it, even though the Rangers keep telling you like this is very important for Ar- Aragorn and all that you just you don't quite feel that you you feel a little disconnected and i think turbines actually started to uh, address that because they've they've recently said that's why we've gone back to the great river another interesting um, site of enidwaith is really it's the first time we see gondorian architecture there is there are some ruins there so that's a kind of it's a nice little tease like right. we're, fi- we're eventually going to go down into gondor and it's gonna if the um the hints of what we're seeing for Rohan already, how different that already feels from what we've seen previous in the game. It's going to be really cool to see what, what Gondorian architecture and Gondorian lifestyle uh, looks like. Oh, definitely. And because this stuff that we're seeing in Enidwife is just run down. It's kind of the equivalent of the, the ruins in the Breland. So mm-hmm. it'll be really nice to see Gondorian ar- architecture kind of in its prime. Yeah, Once we absolutely. finally cross into there. But we're definitely not there. I mean, really, Enidwaith and Dunland, for the most part, is is very backwards. It's very, yeah. I mean, the most advanced civilization is still uh, just, you know, kind of tribes. And, yep. you know, this this is stuff that's really backwards in terms of the technology and the, um, uh, the civilization of the character. So it's interesting to go there. And you do get a, get a sense of, as an adventurer, like, I'm pretty far away from where I parked my car. Right. You know, it's I'm pretty far away from where I started and where you start. No matter where you start, you start in pretty very civilized areas. And right. we keep venturing further and further away. But actually, now we're starting to venture farther, farther toward more civilized areas. Just, you know, this is kind of the, the wilderness between. The Dunlandings, of course, properly inhabit the realm of Dunland. Looking at a map in the book, Dunland is directly east and south of Enidwyth, but in Turbine's Middle-earth it is strictly to the south. The Dunlandings that have settled in Enidwyth are outsiders of their kin, called the Algrag, and there are also deserters of the raids that have been taking place further north in Eregion. These Algrag, settled in their main city of Lanuk, want no real part of the war that is coming to their home of Dunland. They also want no part in the passing of the Grey Company. In short, they want to be left alone. But whatever their wishes, the winds of change blow, and the Algrag have a decision to make, side with the wizard Saruman, or remain their own folk. Yeah, and it's interesting because Enidwyth means kind of the middle waste, so Mm -hmm. there's not a lot there except these Dunlending tribes that have kind of wandered further out. But I also like 
the simplicity of the Dunlendings, um, you know, aesthetically it's cool to see them, but also because they're um, easily influenced by Saruman, and there are several quests where we have to deal with an emissary of Saruman who's trying to convince the Dunlendings to go that, out and do bad that's things. That's probably the, one of the highlights of the epic storyline there in Enidwaith, right yeah. there, is when you have to do that council. Right. And you've, you've been doing all these quests to try to convince the, the Dunlingers that, hey, you're on their side, and hey, you know, just check out my long list of references for all right. these other towns that I've been helping, and I'm a good guy. <laughs> and so they finally sort of get on your side, but then the, the emissary from, from Soromon comes, and he's not so nice of a guy, but he's not like outward, like, ah, ha, ha, I'm a villain. He just right. subtly says, you, know, you want us on your side. You want our power at your back. Yeah. And I actually felt a little bad for these, these tribes because I'm like, you know, I'm not offering them an army at their back. I'm right. just a guy. And, and you know, we've got rangers, but you've seen how quickly they die. Yeah, so. they made a paper. <laughs> so I, I wouldn't blame them if they sold out. And <laughs> it's, you know, it's a really interesting quest because you just, for the most part, you're just sitting there and watching kind of a little play unfold. Yeah. And you get a, you get a very small part of that, but at the end of it, it's, it really is a nice prologue to Rise of Isengard. Well, Sip, thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. This has been episode 16 of the Beneath Your Feet podcast. Please send any questions, comments, screenshots, anything at all to shipwreck at lotrobeneathyourfeet.com. For more information on Enidwife and links to this episode's music, Check the show notes on my blog at lotrobeneathyourfeet.com. From there, you can view old screenshots and episodes, follow on Facebook or Google+, and subscribe on iTunes. Also be sure to have a look at one of Sip's many projects, such as his blog at biobreak.wordpress.com, the Too Long Didn't Listen podcast at mmoreporter.com, and the Newbie Blogger Initiative. Stay tuned and thank you again for listening. My name is Shipwreck, and we'll see you next time when we go beneath your feet.